Girlfriends, episode number 43. Do one thing at a time. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. I'm so glad that you're here. Let's get started. Hey, girlfriends, how are you? What do you think of my snazzy new intro? (laughs) It's more like a thrown together intro. Sorry about that. But um, I'm currently in Paris. Greetings from Paris. It's my first podcast that I'm doing in another continent. Um, But I don't have my music here. It's not I have a new computer. I think I mentioned that last time. And um, I'm a little bit of a mess. And yet this is my chance to record this podcast. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to figure out what music I can use. (laughs) I'm going to record a dorky new intro. Anyway, let me know what you think of it. I've got that music now. So um, I'll be using it through this podcast and possibly in the future. I kind of want to mix things up anyway. Because this is episode number 43. Lucky number 43. Troy Palomalu's number, the greatest safety ever, the greatest Steelers player ever. Anyway, like I said, I'm in Paris. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned that I was going to be coming here, but I'm on a little bit of a work trip here, which is nice and not nice and exciting and not exciting and exhausting. And I'm going home early tomorrow morning and I'm kind of thrilled about that, actually. It's really hard to be away. I don't know if you travel for work or if ever you need to be away from family, but for me, that is the hardest part for me of being a working mom. And I still balk when I say that, and that's actually going to be a future podcast uh, episode, a topic I'm going to take up as working moms, the balance between work and family life, because even those who don't have jobs, even those moms who don't have jobs outside of their home, Uh, we're all balancing many different things. We're all balancing outside commitments and commitments in our home. And anyway, I'm not saying all of this to complain. I mean, what a brat, right? (laughs) I Poor me, I have to go to Paris. Uh, But yes, my work required me to be here for uh, meetings on a couple of days this week. Um, This is actually, I'm pre-recording this, um, the week before I usually publish these podcasts, but I just know that when I get home, I'm going to hit the ground running. Um, We have our annual Oktoberfest this coming weekend. So by the time you hear this, uh, I guess Oktoberfest will be behind us. This is when we have a big party every year. This is our 21st annual, so there's no way we're skipping it, where we invite people over for fun and games and pie and stew and carving pumpkins and a big bonfire and it's always just a ton of fun it's a very family friendly kind of thing that we do and uh, this year I'm going to be less prepared for it than ever because I'm away <laughs> right before it so I'm, I'm hoping that people got some things done at the house before um, I come home but we'll find that out tomorrow all in due time right the good news is when I travel home tomorrow I'm going to gain six hours <laughs> So that will work in my favor for getting ready for a big party over the weekend. So anyway, talking about all of this work and life balance, I thought this week we could talk about doing one thing at a time. 
And this is something um, that I've written about before. I've written about it, in, I think, in a couple of my books, um, Momnipotent for sure, and um, I think in Mom to Mom Day to Day, Advice and Support for Daily Living, which is published by Pauline Books, and I believe it's out of print, but you can get it on Kindle. And um, anyway, this is advice that I've been giving other women for years because it's advice that I always need. I always need the reminder to be doing one thing at a time and that it's okay, first of all, to be doing one thing at a time. I think we value multitasking. Women are naturally pretty good at doing many things at once, thinking about many things at once. But it's important, I think, to pause sometimes and consider what it's costing you to be focused in multiple places, to be pulled in multiple directions, to have your brain filled with multiple things, ongoing running lists, just constant, constant, constant worrying, that it's not healthy, that it costs us something physically. We get physically stressed by doing multiple things or attempting to do multiple things. Emotionally, we feel depleted. We feel exhausted. We feel distracted. We feel like we're failing at important things. So this is along the lines of being too busy. I got a lot of feedback from that recent uh, episode that I did about, are you too busy? And this is sort of a solution for the, are you too busy? If you listen to that podcast and you felt like, oh, this is me, I am too busy. If you felt like some of those warning signs I talked about um, were applying to you, and I'll put a link in the show notes to it in case you missed that episode. But this is a solution to do one thing at a time. And it's easier said than done. I know this better than anybody, which is why I said I always need to be reminding myself as much as I need to be reminding other people to give yourself permission. And that's the first step. Because I think a lot of times we end up doing multiple things as wives, as moms, as workers, um, as parish members. We end up doing a lot of things out of guilt or out of a sense of needing to be doing many things. The temptation is for us to seek our self-worth in our accomplishments, in the things that we're doing, or to seek affirmation in the things that we're doing. And of course, none of us ever is worthy of God's love because of the things we do, is worthy of loving and being loved inside of human relationships because of what we accomplish. We're worthy because of who we are. We're worthy because of who we are made to be, which are children of God made in the image and likeness of God, that we're worthy. And I think we have a hard time accepting that. You know, my most recent book uh, called You're Worth It has been um, received very well by people. And I've heard from a number of people who have in person at conferences taken me aside and said, you know what? I have not yet read that book. And I almost don't even want to because of the title, because I'm already rejecting it. So many women have that feeling of not being worthy, that you're not worth it, that we need to earn it somehow. And sometimes we feel like we can earn it with our busyness, or we can distract ourselves from things that are painful in our life, things we don't want to deal with, with our busyness. So I think the first step is to give yourself permission to recognize that every person has a right to do one thing at a time. In fact, you owe it to yourself to do just one thing at a time to let yourself do that. You owe it to the people in your life to do just one thing at a time. Because you know what suffers when we do too many things? Our relationships suffer. The most important things in the world to us, if somebody were to ask you what's most important to you in the world, 
you'd answer with relationships, the people in your life that you love and that love you. That's what suffers when we're too busy. That's what suffers when we're too distracted, when we're focused on many different things at the expense of everything. When you're doing too many things, when you're multitasking too much, and I know, I do it, and sometimes we're really good at it, and so the temptation is to keep on doing it. But when we do that, it's our relationships that suffer. Sometimes I think I need a reality check to just ask myself sometimes, when's the last time I had a conversation with one of my kids where I looked them in the eye or with my husband where I looked him in the eye, where I wasn't just saying something while I was scrolling through my phone or while I was making dinner or while I was, uh, you know, cleaning something or whatever it is. We're, we're doing so many things that are worthwhile. I'm not saying the things that we do aren't worthwhile, but it's important to recognize to the the peace and the balance that can come from doing just one thing at a time and allowing yourself that. Allowing yourself to recognize that the quality of our work suffers when we try to do too many things at once. And by do too many things at once, sometimes our bodies physically are only doing one thing. But what's your mind doing? You know, I I remember once years ago, recognizing in a moment of grace in the grocery store, where I realized how many things I had running through my head, almost out of a sense of compulsion, almost out of like a sense of guilt. If I don't, if I'm not thinking about all these things that I'm not doing that I need to do, everything from, you know, paying the electric bill to making a doctor's appointment to, um, you know, housework in the house or answering emails or whatever it is that's running through your head, have to do, got to do. Yeah, fine. Have to do, got to do those things. But how is it helping anybody in the world for you to be running that list through your head while you're walking through the aisles of the grocery store, filling your cart with items that your family needs? It's not helping anybody and it's actually hurting you. So I remember that time in the grocery store, thinking back on the past, you know, three and a half minutes and all that I had run through my head, I had accomplished none of it. I had only just stressed myself out further and I was only hurting myself. Why couldn't I allow myself In that moment, when physically I was grocery shopping, why couldn't I allow myself permission to do that? To just do the grocery shopping, whatever it is you're doing. You know, I I remind women all the time that we can pause in what we're doing if we're feeling tempted to do other things, if we're feeling tempted toward distraction. We can pause in what we're doing and ask ourselves, does my vocation require this of me right now? And whatever stupid thing it is, I mean, we do a million stupid things a day. Let's just admit how many stupid things we do in a day. How many seemingly worthless little tiny detailed tasks do we perform in a day? But is that what your your calling is in that moment to like tie a kid's shoelace or chop up the vegetables for dinner or drive somebody somewhere or do that grocery shopping or some task in your work? If that's what you are meant to be doing in that moment, if that's what you're called, if it's appropriate that you're doing that, then let yourself do that one thing. And it's not like you have to be like grocery shopping, grocery shopping, grocery shopping, that that's all you allow through your head. But don't allow that running list that depletes you and exhausts you to be running through your head. How about experience the moment? Experience the moment. And it's not always going to be this joyful moment with your children playing in the park or whatever, but allow yourself to experience um, comparing prices on grocery items or checking out the produce and or making a plan for what you're going to cook that week and focus on it. Allow yourself to do that. Allow yourself to, if it's mindless task that you're doing, allow yourself to sit in God's presence inside of your own heart and mind 
in the moment that you're doing that task, that whatever it is, a physical task, something that's required of you. It's so important that we give ourselves permission to do that one thing at a time. And once you've given yourself permission, you will realize how many things are distracting you. Because you give yourself that permission and then it's important to to recognize when you are getting pulled away, when you're getting tempted toward that distraction, which is so uniquely depleting. You know, a big help, this is something that I do, is we have that running list in our mind, I think, at least I know I do, because I'm afraid I'm going to forget it all. I'm afraid I'm stressing out and if I just keep repeating these things in my head, hitting myself over the head with the things that I need to do, then I'm not going to forget Well, put it on paper then, or make a list on your phone, dump it all out. Um, There there was a very busy time in my life not too long ago where I was feeling particularly stressed by these running to-do lists, and you know what I'm talking about. I know you do this. You have these running lists in your head, and you, you beat yourself up with them. If you have that going on, especially during an especially busy time where you find you're doing that more than usual, then write out a giant list and keep writing until all the writing is done. And then make sure you know where that list is so you can add to it when something randomly pops into your head. And I found it was very freeing to put that all on paper. And, you know, during this this very busy time that I just referenced, I would do that before bed at night because that was when my to-do list would start running and running and running. It was when I was trying to go to sleep at night. Having it on paper doesn't mean it's all going to get done, but it gives you that relief of I don't have to run this through my head. I wrote it down. I know it needs to be done. I have a list. I have a reference. I'm not going to forget. So if you find that that's where you're you're really failing in the doing one thing at a time is with that running list, then then try writing out the whole list. Try keeping a list and don't let let the list become you know your your slave master. Just use it as a release. Use it as a place to just let all of that out so that you don't have that need that feeling compulsion to keep it running through your head so that you won't forget it. So give yourself permission, write out the huge long list. I don't care if it takes you six pages to write it all out. At some point, you're going to feel like you wrote it all down. And it's very relieving. Give yourself that that opportunity. Um, also, with regard to doing one thing at a time, uh, I find it's helpful to figure out what things are distracting you. It might not be that running to-do list. It might be that you're constantly interrupted. And for sure, a lot of times in our lives um, are just made up of interruptions. I, I like to think of our vocation inside of family life is one big fat interruption. It's about figuring out at the beginning of the day, telling God, I'm open to what you're going to interrupt me with today. Because very often those things that we consider interruptions are our very work. But there are other kinds of interruptions that we allow, that we even make sure happen on a regular basis. Things like notifications on your phone or notifications on your computer, little ding, little beep, little something letting you know something's going on. That refocuses your attention from whatever you're working on. And now if you work, if you actually work a job where you're you're working on your computer and you have all these little notifications going on every day, you know that every time your computer dings or a little thing pops up on your screen, you shift your focus from whatever you're working on that you need to be focused on to the little thing, right? Or even if you're just working in your home, even if you're just, you know, parenting your kids or, um, you know, 
being a homemaker and all the jobs that that requires, that that little ding on your phone pulls you away from it. It pulls away your attention and then you need to go back and refocus. It's costing you something. It's important to recognize that. You might need to take certain apps off of your phone. I'm really sorry to say that. And um, I know I suggested this in the social media podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago that yes, oh, this is um, really, really big information. But yes, you can so take Facebook off of your phone. You can take the app off of your phone. If there's a particular app that you find is just pulling you away multiple times a day, maybe take it off of your phone for a couple of hours even during your day. Or put your phone away altogether. Uh, that can be really helpful for focusing on things. Or just if, if you're okay with having your phone nearby and not checking it, just turn it off so it's not dinging and beeping. I'll do that a lot of times when I'm going to be driving in the car so there's not even that temptation to check if, you know, a message comes in or what, or try to answer the phone if it's not safe, um, you know, at a time when I'm driving. So, you know, you can do things like that. Just re- I'm reminding you right now, you have that power. Okay, sometimes we need that reminder that we're actually not slaves to our phones, we're not slaves to our email, we're not slaves to texting and all of these other things that we have going on inside of the media that we consume every day. But it might be a different kind of media that's distracting you. It it could be um, having the television on. I went to college years ago and I had a college roommate who was really addicted to noise. Like she had to have this, this would drive me nuts. And I came from a household of nine children. So it wasn't like I wasn't used to noise, but she would have the radio on and the television while she was talking on the phone. Like she needed that. Like she'd be upset if I turned one of those things off that, uh, but you know, as ridiculous and as, as extreme as that is, there might be some part of your life that's like that that you're always looking to kind of fill a void with some kind of noise, um, whether it's radio. And there's nothing wrong with listening to the radio while you're doing something or listening to a podcast. God forbid that you don't subscribe to the girlfriend's podcast and listen to it whenever you're folding laundry or working out or whatever. But, it, you know, give yourself that permission to do one thing at a time. Don't, don't always feel like you have to be filling that silence or you need to be accomplishing something other than what you're doing. And you know what? I find that just spiritually, it's very freeing to recognize that. It's very freeing to have silence in your life. Now, that's not a popular concept nowadays. We're always looking for more noise, more, more busyness, more, more distraction, more um, whatever it is that you're, you're trying to kind of fill a void in your life with that busyness. That, but there's real great value in silence. Um, you know, something that can help you figure out if you are too distracted, if you're trying to do too many things at the same time, is to set a timer on on that phone, that terrible phone I was just telling you to put in a closet. Um, if you <laughs> if you keep the phone with you and set a timer for, you know, whatever increments of time makes sense to you. It doesn't have to be every five minutes. It could be every half hour just to have a, a timer go off, just a little beep and check in with yourself. Ask yourself every time it goes off, what am I doing? Physically, what am I doing? How many tasks am I trying to accomplish right now? Is it just one? But then also ask yourself, what am I thinking about? 
What's pulling me away? What's distracting me? What have I been occupied with? And you can even just do this for a couple of hours and it can be very revealing about what's going on with you. So I really recommend doing that. Um, I find that setting a timer on a regular basis to kind of interrupt you on purpose and pull you out from whatever it is you're doing is a way that we can really be honest with ourselves about how we're spending our time and whether or not it's being used in the best way possible. So, you know, if you're finding that you need an intervention with regard to doing one thing at a time, I really recommend that you start there. You start with giving yourself permission to do that one thing at a time. Also, make sure that you're getting rid of removing those things that are distracting you. And if there are things that are distracting you or you're not sure, but you're feeling that frazzled feeling, then, you know, you can figure out what it is. You can figure out what what your pressure points are, what your distraction items are by setting a timer, just doing this for one morning, one afternoon, or whatever it takes to figure out what it is that you're, you're spending your, your time and energy on. And just once you figure that out, to, to remove those things as much as you reasonably can. But the greatest medicine, the greatest medicine for the do one thing at a time problem is silence. And I really recommend that if you can um, go to a church spend some time in adoration. It doesn't have to be a full hour. Just make yourself take that medicine of the silence. Breathe in that silence. And it's hard at first, especially if you're used to your mind going constantly. That's what it's going to do. That's what it's going to do in that silence. Even if you can't get to a church, if you can get to some silence, you know, go outside maybe. Go sit outside in in your backyard if if you have a yard or go take a walk do something that's going to remove you from all the regular noise and distractions that that you normally have but if you can get into a church if you can get to adoration it's really the best possible way to do this and be prepared for the fact that you're really going to fail at this i mean you're going to stink at it at first if you're struggling with doing one thing at a time if you feel like you're multitasking all the time it's really important to recognize that when you first try to take this medicine, try to take this prescription of silence in your life, you're going to fail. Your mind is going to be all over the place. But that's okay. Take note of what it is that is distracting you, that's filling your mind, that's pulling you away from the silence, that's pulling you away from focusing on one thing at a time, focusing on prayer, focusing on Jesus's presence, focusing on God's presence inside of you. You know, if you can't get to a church, then you know, the Holy Spirit is right there inside of you. And just being quiet and and being still and being open to that spirit is really a very freeing way to connect with God and to learn to do that one thing at a time. You know, we we always think about the um the story in the Gospel of Martha and Mary and how busy Martha, Martha, Martha was and how Mary chose the better part and she shall have her fill. Well, sometimes I I feel annoyed by that because you know what? Jesus Martha has so many things to do, but he's very gentle with her if you notice. I love how he says her name two times and just very gently chides her and calls her back and reminds her of the one thing, the better part, which is a relationship with Jesus, sitting at the feet of Jesus like Mary did. I think keeping that image in our mind can be very helpful when we're reminding ourselves to do one thing at a time. Yeah, we have a lot of things to do in our days. We have a lot of duties and responsibilities. We can't go sit 
at the tabernacle. We can't go kneel in the chapel all day, every day. But inside of our own hearts and minds, we can. We can be aware of Jesus's presence, no matter how busy our bodies are. And if we're centered there, we're going to have a lot more peace. We're going to have that joy, that thing, that fulfillment that every one of us is seeking. We're going to find it in that relationship with Jesus that he's longing to have with every one of us. You can find it inside of silence, inside of your own heart, simply by choosing to do that one thing at a time. Hi, everybody. I am so happy to be welcoming a special guest to Girlfriends here today. Elena Mitrovich is joining us. Elena is a cradle Catholic wife, family and consumer science teacher in the suburbs of Chicago, and a great searcher of all things that provide joy in everyday life. She has a bachelor's in family and consumer science, a master's in curriculum and instruction in reading, and is now in the process of obtaining a master's in family and consumer science. Wow, that's a lot. Um, when she is not being a professional student, Elena is active in the young adult Catholic community, reading, baking, and binge-watching great TV. I love that. She blogs at The Catholic Home Economist. I'll have that linked in the show notes. And with her husband, Matt, on their adoption blog, Bring Home Baby Mitro. Oh, that is sweet. I will have those URLs so people can check them out. Hi, Elena. Welcome to Girlfriends. I'm so glad you're here with us. Hi, Danielle. Thanks. Yeah, I'm thrilled to have you. And I didn't get a chance because I only just saw it in your bio at the last minute here to check out your Bring Home Baby blog. Maybe you can share a little bit about that with us. How did that come to be? Sure. Um, so in um, 2014, um, my husband and I actually lost a pregnancy that was about, excuse me, about 22 weeks along. Oh my gosh, and, I'm so sorry. Um, so that obviously was a life-changing, unplanned, God's plan um, experience. Right. And with that, um, we waited a little while to make the decision of what we were going to do next. And we then decided to leave it up open to God. And then in... December or September of 2016-ish, we realized I wasn't getting pregnant. Um, the doctors don't know why I'm not getting pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm doing, you know, that kind of thing. We're using NFP. We have an NFP doctor who's mm-hmm. very supportive and all that, and it's still not happening. And it's always been on my heart to adopt. It's just something that I've always thought, maybe the last kid or um, somewhere in the middle will adopt. And it'll just mm-hmm. because it's special, and, and it would be great to do that. And uh, it took a little convincing of my husband, but uh, he is now on board. And so we are going through the adoption process with an agency in Illinois. Okay. Um, so it will be a baby from Illinois. Oh, exciting. We, yeah. So we are a little bit through the home study. Uh, we've been doing this for about a year now. We're kind of pacing ourselves because it is expensive. It is a private adoption through a private agency. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so on our blog, we kind of share what we're going through. We share uh, just who we are in case a birth mom happens to find us and they haven't considered adoption. Right. If they're in a crisis pregnancy situation. Uh, we share our funding because we're fundraising in different ways. We've done things like garage sales. We've done things like uh, 31 bag par- par- uh, Facebook parties, things of that nature. Yeah. And then we're, we have a GoFundMe page mm-hmm. that is also helping us to fund the adoption. Plus, we are saving and uh, pitching pennies in our budget and 
anytime either of us can work overtime in some capacity, that also is going towards the adoption. Nice. Wow. That's a lot of work and amazing that you're sharing it. How, how wonderful that we have the internet nowadays. Adoption's a very different kind of thing, isn't it? Right. Yeah. And <laughs> a lot of people ask where the money goes and why you're doing it that way and that kind of thing. And really, because we, we have a great agency and we have a great social worker assigned to us and she's only there for us. There's a separate social workers that work with the birth mom. Oh, okay. And so we're all getting counseling the whole time. Wow. That sounds excellent. Great. Good for you guys. Well, we will keep that whole process in our prayers. I know it's not an easy one and you've had your share of heartache and disappointment along the way. So we girlfriends will be praying for you through that whole process. I'm glad that you're sharing a little bit of your story with us here. Thank you. Okay, so let's move on, Elena, to the questions that we ask everybody who comes on the Girlfriends Podcast. And the first one that I always ask is about a triumph. Can you tell us about a time when you really felt like you triumphed? When did you first ever feel a sense of achievement? It could be professional or personal. Um, So I thought about both of those for work and personal. And Mm -hmm. in terms of work, I think back to my beginning years of teaching and how While I was student teaching, I think I cried every day. Um, (laughs) That's probably a pretty common experience for student teachers, I think. Right. That's what I'm finding out. And so it wasn't necessarily anything anyone was doing. It was just a lot. And Mm -hmm. it was overwhelming. And I was overwhelmed. And I hadn't, you know, figured out my rhythm of being a teacher. And so I just cried every day. And then my first year teaching as well, it was just stressful. And sometimes you didn't know if you were going to keep your job the next year and I work in a very low income um, poverty stricken area and so I didn't know if being an elective if they would keep me or if our department will shut down anytime and so it was just really scary for a while in the beginning you know being on my own trying to live my own apartment and so financially it was very uh, um, scary and so I just feel like over the 10 years of teaching I have I'm just proud that I have figured out a balance of Mm -hmm balancing work and home and um, leaving work at work and coming home and those kinds of things and finding that balance that keeps me sane and healthy um, yeah, and that kind of thing. Wow, that is great. And now, are you teaching high school these days? Yes, I teach what used to be called home economics, family and consumer science. Yes. And so in my classroom, even though I am um, certified to teach culinary fashion, and child care. Mm-hmm. I um, currently teach child development, so I run a preschool lab in the high school. No way! That is so cool! Yes, yeah, so little two, three-year-old, four-year-olds <laughs> are in my classroom, and 16-year-olds oh are in my gosh. classroom. Oh my gosh! You've got the best and the, and the worst of, of it all, really, in both of those. That is awesome. Well, my hat's off to you, really. Every time I get a chance to talk with a teacher, I just need to say thank you for what you do, because... I'm in awe of what teachers do. Being a homeschooler myself, and um, then when our, our kids get older, we, we put them into school at least part-time, and the teachers I've come in contact with are such dedicated, hardworking individuals with so so few worldly rewards for what they do. So thank you for everything that you do, Elena, and I'm sure your, your students and um, the children that they're caring for appreciate you as well. Thanks. I love it. Yeah, it sounds like you're a natural. It sounds like a good fit for you. (laughs) It it certainly would keep you on your toes having all of that going on in your classroom every day. 
I actually was observed today, and my my evaluator could not believe how much I walk. And I said, don't worry, I get 10,000 steps every day. Good for you. You know I'm a big fan of steps. So I'm proud of you. That is awesome. Good for you. All right, get those 10K in however you have to. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, being a teacher is actually really physical. I mean, I know my husband's been a teacher for years, and um, it's a lot of standing. It really is, and walking around, so... Well, that's great. I love that triumph. That is awesome. And I love just learning that little bit more about you, Elena. All right, let's move on to the juicier stuff, which is the mistakes. And this is where I think I I really appreciate the openness of the guests that we have here on Girlfriends, because we've heard such wonderful stories, everything from light stories to even the heavy stuff. But um, Elena, what do you want to share with us about a mistake you once made? And what did you learn from that mistake? Well, I definitely think one of the mistakes I made early in my career was not listening enough. And Mm -hmm. I had a mentor who was just in my first year's teaching and I'm explaining how it's hard and I'm crying every day and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, she said like, you need to listen more and talk less. And I would always listen to the point where I was already preparing my response and I was already preparing to justify why I did something a certain way. Um. And I really wasn't listening to what my mentor or anyone was trying to tell me to mm-hmm. help me. And I feel like those lessons carried on throughout my life. Um, you know, listening to my husband, listening to my friends, listening to my family members, mm-hmm. just hearing what people are saying and not just waiting for my own response. Right. Um, and probably still the biggest lesson I'm trying to learn is like listening to God, you know, cause if it was up to me, I'd already have a baby in my house. I'd have like 10 children in my house, <laughs> of course. whatever. And we'd be having a great old time, but um, you know, God's plan is bigger. And so it started with trying to learn how to just listen in my career. And it's still like, sometimes I feel like I still have to learn to listen to um, other people. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I love that you shared that because I think that's a very common experience that um, women in particular have because we're such communicators anyway, I think that if we're going to err, we're going to err on the side of talking too much. And, um, and, and you're, you're so right that it is something that we come to learn and get better at. Um, as we grow older, I think, and have more experience and maybe recognize some of the mistakes we made in communication. But um, as you were describing um, your, your growth over time, I remembered something that a, a friend of mine told me once who was a bit older than me. And she said, you know, I have to remind myself sometimes that I'm never going to regret walking away from a conversation and, you know, I'm never going to say to myself, oh, I listened too much, you know, and, and how many times do we come away from a conversation and, and, and second guess ourselves like, oh, I forgot to ask her about that. And I know she's got this big thing going on in her life or whatever it is. And, oh, I just, I talk too much, you know, so, so important to remember that if we're going to err, err on the side of listening. And, um, you know, I remember Dear Abby. I used to be a huge fan of Dear Abby years ago. My husband loves Dear Abby. It's a guilty pleasure. It's hilarious. Yes, so funny. I, I read it as a kid, and not all of that's, you know, appropriate for kids, <laughs> the material. But I would read it in the paper all the time. And um, I also, one time I went over a friend's house for a sleepover, and uh, she had, like, the book. It was like the collection of Dear Abby. I was like, oh my God, I didn't like talk to my friend that whole night because I was reading Dear Abby. Anyway, I'm going somewhere with this. Dear Abby, I remember um, shared years ago that that part of being a good conversationalist is just listening and that people will, if you listen and ask people about themselves, they will come away saying that person is an amazing conversationalist <laughs> like, because they will have really engaged and enjoyed that conversation with you. Right. 
Yeah, so important. So we came around to Dear Abby from all of that talking. <laughs> but you're right. And, and I love that you related it to your relationship with God, too, because that's where every one of us needs to get. However, we're doing in our personal relationships, that idea of being open and listening and receptive inside of our relationship with our creator is where every one of us needs to be. So thank you. Appreciate you sharing that. All right, let's see. We still have a little more time um, before we get to your lightning round. So let's move on. Elena, can you share with us what's some of the best advice that you ever received? Who gave it to you and how do you try to use it? So at our wedding, we had an anniversary dance. So all the married couples came onto the dance floor and the DJ would call out, you know, if you've been married five years, you know, step off the floor and 10 years and whatnot until we got to who was married the longest and ended up being a couple that was 47 years of marriage. It was my mother-in-law's godparents. Nice. And the DJ then turned off the music and asked them to give advice to us, the newlyweds. Okay. And the wife said, become blind and deaf. Okay. What did she mean? And (laughs) so she meant to be like, sometimes your husband is just going to do something and you're just going to be like, what? (laughs) And you just have to, like, let it go. You know, mm-hmm. things like, like, the hamper is on his side of the bedroom. <laughs> clothes never make it into the hamper. Oh, my I gosh. I walk over his clothes to put mine in the hamper. <laughs> See, it's, it's so small, but it's like, is it really worth the fight? Right. Probably not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I could just pick up his clothes for him as a service to him because he does a lot of things as a service to me. You know, whenever... He, whenever he gets up to get a drink or something, he always asks me if I want something too. Right. You know, so mm-hmm. even if I'm in a different room. Wow. Yeah. And so I need to just let go of, you know, those little things that he does, you know, or he watches some things that I'm just like, why are you watching that? And right. I don't like he watches people on YouTube play YouTube, play video games. Oh, yeah. That's a big thing. I, I don't get it game. either. Just play the game. I don't understand <laughs> I'll play it with you. It's fine. We have an Xbox. I'll be, I'm cool with that. Oh, my but gosh. He, you know, so things, and I'm sure he could tell you the same things that he's blind and deaf to about me. Right. But it's just, you know, those are things where it's like, are they worth the fight? You know, the laundry. I mean, who cares? Right. Right. You're so right. And I, I love that you, you mentioned the laundry because I think that's a pretty common one. It certainly goes on around here. Just today, I was going to grab the hamper out of our room and noticed all the articles of clothing, not mine, that were all on the floor, all around it. Like, <laughs> how difficult is this? And yet, who cares? You're so right. Who the heck cares at the end of the day? What does it really matter? And, you know, being blind and deaf, I think, is a, a great way to look at it because, you know, being selectively blind and deaf, of course. Right, exactly. <laughs> so the stuff that would drive you up a wall, be blind and deaf to it. But then also, I think the flip side of that is noticing. Like you mentioned, your husband performs acts of service for you all the time and is looking for ways to serve you. And other people might not notice that and take that for granted. And so I think um, it, that's a healthy prescription <laughs> that that longtime right. married woman shared with you on your wedding day, because right. um, that every one of us needs to be doing that. Every one of us needs to be thinking about a relationship in terms of uh, what do I need to be blind and deaf to? And what do I need to be opening my eyes and ears to that? There's, there's stuff on either side of that. So 
really beautiful. And I love that that happened. I, I love that. That's yeah. a great idea. Everybody should do that because there's such wisdom. In our wedding video forever. <laughs> that is awesome. That is so great. Okay. And now it's being shared with all of girlfriends. So <laughs> the, the legend of that, that woman's great advice is living on. <laughs> right. Okay, let's squeeze in one more. If you could go back Elena in time and have a conversation with yourself 15 years ago. Now you're younger than me. I don't know where that puts you, but what would you say to yourself? <laughs> That puts me at 17. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and the answer would be your parents were right. They were right about the outfit you were trying to wear. And they were right about the boy you were trying to date. <laughs> and they were right. They were right about a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you probably would have rejected that. But it's so true, isn't it? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and thank you for saying that. As, as the, the mom of teenagers now myself... Yeah, we need, we need to hear that that we're right. <laughs> we you're need right. Don't answer. worry, you're right. They they'll know it in about fifteen years oh that you're right. Gosh. You gotta wait for the full circle. And you know what? It's so true because I got there, and even with some of my my older kids who are beyond their teen years and just kind of coming into that young adulthood, I see the beginnings of that promise there of them having that perspective, like, oh hey, wow, remember when I did that? That was awful. Like, yes, right. it was. <laughs> so true well good good that's wonderful I'm glad you got that opportunity to give your teenage self that um, wake up call that was so very much needed obviously don't wear that outfit don't date that boy (laughs) okay well Elena we're at the point where we're going to do our lightning round here um, on girlfriends we always finish up with 60 seconds of some fast fun questions nothing too heavy so are you ready to do that I'm ready all right, so it's Elena Mitrovich's lightning round on the Girlfriends Podcast. Here we go. Elena, what's your favorite way to hang out and connect with friends and family? Uh, definitely around the dinner table or some sort of meal with some sort of fun theme, like fondue night or a, a football game with like football food, things like that. Oh, that's totally fun. Yeah. Okay. When you get some time alone, what guilty pleasure do you indulge in? Oh, gosh. I have a guilty pleasure of getting having a monthly massage membership. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. And all that walking. You need it. Yes. <laughs> all right. Describe your perfect date night. Perfect date night. Definitely doing something in the city. We love to go. We, love, we live in the suburbs, so we love that we just go down downtown for a day with the train and uh, just spend the day downtown doing whether it's a museum or a show or just... Yeah, the day downtown. Is okay, great. And now your bio mentioned um, Netflix, I think, right? So what, yes. what did you last watch? And was it thumbs up or thumbs down? What did we watch? Last? Oh, we last watched, uh, I last watched Lost. I never saw Lost. And <laughs> oh I didn't watch Lost. Oh my gosh, the whole thing? Yes, it was oh. weird. Uh, yeah, totally weird, but amazing. Come on. That, yes, I'm a huge I couldn't fan. stop. Okay, Once first of all, invested. congratulations. You, you completed your lightning round, and you did awesome <laughs> and amazing. You survived. But now let's talk about Lost, because I was a huge fan of it when it was on TV, and I got caught up through Netflix and then started watching because there were still episodes on TV. I was just completely obsessed with it. And you're so right. So weird. And there's no resolution. There's no satisfaction at the end. But no. I, I loved it. Anyway, no. that that made it so my husband checked out because he was like, "This is ridiculous. <laughs> I can't do this anymore." It was. It was very ridiculous, and you know, I don't want to like be spoiled, but I mean, it's been a few years. But it was just, <laughs> I didn't understand like the two storylines that were going on at the end. Yeah. Like, I didn't understand that, and 
you know, I listen to Catholic in a Small Town, and they are just obsessed with that show. And I, I had to, like, see what they were talking about. And there was nothing coming out yet. You know, fall TV hasn't started yet, so I went for it. And yeah. um, I'm glad I did because I was invested in the beginning, and they hooked me. But then after a while, and maybe also because I watched Once Upon a Time, and it's the same makers, oh, now it? I'm seeing the nods between the two. But still... Interesting. Oh, yeah. I see, I never could get into Once Upon a Time, but I was so into Lost. And even though I fully accept and understand, it makes no sense. And I understand no. why people check out and are like, this is just, it's just too weird. My husband was like, I cannot watch this. And I'd be like, having tears streaming down my face, like, oh, right. it's still so amazing. <laughs> right. Towards the end, I just started like letting it play while I would do things. You yeah. Know, because it got some that got too silly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. So people out there, if you haven't watched Lost, I'm totally recommending it with the caveat that you will not have satisfaction in the end. It's just yeah. a fact, but it's really some great writing and some great character development. I love it for those reasons. Well, that's awesome. I'm glad we bonded over Lost. <laughs> and I'm glad you shared so openly about your life and about your adoption process, Elena. I'm rooting for you and will be oh, um, praying for you as the girlfriends community does as you go through this process. Um, Maybe you just, before we have to say bye, want to give a shout out to something that's going on in your, your life, whether it's with your teaching or in your personal life that, what are you most excited about right now? We're just, you know, we're both most excited about the adoption mm -hmm. and, you know, we're a third of the way in terms of the finance, financing it. And so, you know, our goal is to just finish that within the next year and hopefully maybe by this time, you know, by Christmas 2017 have um, somebody in the home for Santa to bring gifts oh my to. Gosh, that would be so wonderful. Okay, so we're gonna have all those links for um, listeners to check it out and consider supporting your process. Um, we'll have all of those links in the show notes at daniellebean.com. Thank you, Elena. Thank you for coming on. And thank you for sharing so openly about your, your life and your obvious joy inside of your family life thus far. And I can't wait to see where God's gonna take you. Thank you, Danielle. Isn't Elena great? I'm so grateful that she took the time to spend with us here at Girlfriends. And it's been a while since we had a teacher on. And so many people out there, I hear from you all the time, are teachers. So it's time you were represented. And I think Elena was a great representative of the teaching profession as well as a mom who's in the adoptive process. So let's keep Elena and her husband and their family to be in our prayers. And I will have links in the show notes at daniellebean.com for anyone who wants to check out their situation, follow um, their progress toward adoption, offer their prayer support, and possibly consider donating, supporting them financially in their adoption process. After the social media podcast, I heard from Monique, who had this to share via email. She said, great podcast on social media. I find that I have a hard time with it as well, but for a different reason than the ones you mentioned. My husband and I have been in the States for almost 12 years now, and seven of them have been in Texas. I'm guessing, Monique, you're probably Canadian? Monique, right? I don't know. Anyway, uh, seven of them have been in Texas where we are now. We have several friends that I would feel comfortable calling an emergency, but they are not the same as family and I could never 
and could never help out in the long term. As a result, I find that social media has an influence on how lonely I can feel. The birthday parties, etc. that we've missed, and we can't play the same role in their lives if we were present, as well as having jealousy poke an evil head out when others are able to have Mimi pick up the kids because the schedule doesn't work out for the parents to do so, because that just isn't an option for us and may never be. I've been listening to your podcast from almost the beginning, and I trust your authentic nature that comes through. Could you provide me with some direction via books or other resources that you think would be helpful. I do have a spiritual advisor and I discuss it with her, but I'd like some extra advice that doesn't have an emotional connection with me. Thank you and keep up the great work. God bless. Mentally sending you the Houston heat, Monique. And she even had a PS where she helps me out. This is how I know she's from Canada, actually, with um, how to take care of our bobcat. <laughs> so um, that's also from that episode. If you care to go back and listen, I share about a, a nuisance bobcat who's been helping himself to our chickens. Um, thank you, Monique, for that advice. And as for your situation, I really don't think that's all that unusual to, you know, have jealousy in whatever form or loneliness in whatever form be exacerbated by by use of social media, because it's that temptation to compare that I think that we all feel that we all have that temptation, especially when we're looking at other people's lives, especially if we're feeling something major is lacking in our lives. And I think you're feeling that lack of family, that lack of close connection, that lack of close friends who are like family to you. And I will encourage you that even if you never move back to family, even if family never moves near you, you can have those kinds of relationships in your life. I don't know what God's plans are for you. I don't have a particular book or resource or website or whatever in mind, but I'm going to encourage you to get involved in your own parish in whatever way makes sense for you that, um, Maybe you want to talk to your parish priest about um, maybe some older people in your parish who would like a connection to a younger family. Um, maybe you could talk to your priest or other people in your parish or join a group in your parish that might have some people that you can really connect with. And be patient. It's hard. I know. Feeling lonely like that and disconnected like that is so difficult. And I understand your struggles and your trials. And maybe some people listening right now are experiencing it too or have and have come through it. I would love to hear from you. I'd love to share your thoughts and advice for Monique in her particular situation because I know it's difficult, but God can put people in your life and He may have a plan for you to make a connection with somebody else who's feeling lonely. You know, I think of a lot of older people inside of our communities, inside of our parishes, who maybe would feel a great sense of connection and purpose to find a family, find a connection with a family, create a bond with a family that needs them in in that same way that they have a need for that kind of connection, that need to be needed, and that kind of mutual bond and connection that can happen between people that naturally happens in extended families, but sometimes we have to manufacture it. Sometimes we have to go out of our way to find it. Sometimes we have to go out of our comfort level just a little bit because it's not going to happen with you sitting in your house. And I'm not saying that's what you're doing, Monique. I'm, I'm even speaking to myself here that in these kinds of situations, you know, we have a tendency to despair and be like, well, you know what? I, I don't have, you know, people like X, Y, or Z in my life. I have this need for this kind of a relationship in my life and it's not happening. Whether it's a single person who's looking to date someone or it's a lonely mom or it's a lonely older person, whatever it is, you know, human beings are built for community. We're meant for community. So what you're feeling is normal and it's natural. And I would encourage you to pray hard about it. I would encourage you to be open to the ways in which God might be calling you to reach out to other people in your life. You know, there's that famous saying, if you want a friend, be a friend. Well, if you want family, 
be family. Look for the ways in which you can connect with other people and be patient with the process. You know, family that doesn't come from blood, that's not going to happen overnight. Um, But look for ways to build meaningful connections with other people. Look for people that you share values with, that you share circumstances with, that you can make those kinds of connections to maybe there's a need that you can fill and they can fill a need for you in return. Look for building those kinds of connections and those kinds of bonds. And let me know how it goes for you, Monique. I, I would love for us here at Girlfriends to, to pray for Monique and pray for all moms who are lonely because lots of moms in different stages of their motherhood are lonely in different ways. So let's keep that in prayer during the coming week. I also want to give a big thank you to everyone who supports the Girlfriends podcast on patreon.com forward slash girlfriends. If you're not familiar with it, Patreon is a website where you can... And now I just want to take a moment to thank everyone who is a supporter of Girlfriends through Patreon.com. For those of you who aren't familiar with Patreon, you can go to Patreon.com forward slash Girlfriends. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Girlfriends and get all the details about how you can pledge as little as a dollar per episode to support this program, to let me know that you value this content, that you want me to continue to produce it week after week. I am happy to do it. And I am happy to be able to provide this service free of charge for anyone who can make use of it, for anyone who might be encouraged or boosted up or have their confidence bolstered by what I share here at Girlfriends. And I hope that you want to encourage me to continue to do that. So if you appreciate the content that I produce here at Girlfriends, and if you'd like to see it continue to be produced on a weekly basis, you can pledge your support. You can give me your vote of confidence by going to patreon.com forward slash girlfriends. Pledge as little as a dollar per episode and you will make my day because that kind of support means so much to me and it speaks volumes to me. Other ways that you can support, um, you can support more than a dollar per episode. A few people have done that and um, you earn perks like a Skype call with me, like access to Google Hangouts, like a free copy of my book if you're willing to support at a, a greater level. But even just that dollar per episode amount really adds up. And it lets me know that you appreciate what I'm doing here and would like to see it continue. But even if you can't support the show through Patreon, can't support it financially right now, you can support it through your word of mouth. You can support it by letting others know about Girlfriends. You can spread the word. You can help out by leaving a review at iTunes. You can subscribe at iTunes. Those things really help my numbers. Those really help get the word out about Girlfriends. Or you can just share the link on social media, on a blog. You can even just tell somebody that you enjoy the Girlfriends podcast. Maybe share a link to an episode that you've recently enjoyed. All the ways that you support me, I really appreciate. And many thanks to our newest Patreon supporter, Emily. Thank you so much for your support, for your pledge of support for Girlfriends. I really appreciate it. And now I just want to close this week's show um, sharing a little bit from my newest book, You're Worth It. I talked about that at the beginning of the show when we were talking about how we discern our self-worth and how so many people feel unworthy of God's love, unworthy of that relationship with Jesus that we're all built for, that we kind of run from it, we hide from it, we look to seek that fulfillment in other things. And I just want to share a little bit, I'm going to read a last little bit that's um, an invitation that's at the back of the book. You're Worth It, published by Beacon, and I'll have links to the book and more information about the book in the show notes. This might speak to your heart, but it also might speak to you about someone you know who's struggling in a unique way right now. And I would just like for you to open up your heart to this invitation here in these words at the back of You're Worth It. I don't know why this book ended up in your hands, but God does. He knows the ways he wants to change your life and the plans he has for your happiness in this life and the next. 
He has big plans for your joy. So much about our world today is empty and cold. If some of that emptiness and cold has seeped into your heart, I pray that this book has warmed you just a bit to the idea that you were made for something better, something bigger, and something new. You were made for an intimate relationship with a God who knows you and loves you inside and out. You were made for Jesus. Jesus wants to bless you. He wants to love, strengthen, heal, affirm, hear, fulfill, and nurture you. All you have to do is ask Him. So let go of everything that has been holding you back. Push fear out of the way and claim the peace, joy, and fulfillment that are yours. Now is the time. Come to Jesus and be loved. You're worth it. Thank you for being here. I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week.